Good morning. Are you guys awake? God is good. And God is good. And all the time. God is good. Okay. Um, last January, I, was, I had the privilege to share with you uh, the first series of my message entitled, The will of God is whatever. How many of you remember that message? Okay, do you want some review? You want me to make ulit? Actually, after that message, uh, I'm really blessed because a lot of people came to me and, you know, they were further asking about God's will. So it seems to me that everybody wants to walk in the center of God's will. Right? So this morning, Pastor Insong asked me to continue the second series of my 36 series on God's will. No, it's not 36. Okay? So the second series on God's will. So let's all read this one. Our foundation verse last January. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, all together, please. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your presence is with us this morning. This place is awesome because you are here. I pray, dear Father God, that you will move in our presence. You will move from the back to the front, to the left, to the right, and the right to the side. And I pray, Lord God, that you will speak to each and every one of us. Bless the word, Lord God, and I pray, Lord God, that you will override the preparation that I had on this topic. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's have a short review. So we said that God's will is whatever. So whatever you are going through right now, whatever circumstances you are in right now, God is there and God is greater than all of your whatever. Whether you are living in Riverside, you live in Burbank area, you live in Lakewood, wherever you are, for as long as you are doing or following God's ways, then you are in the center of God's will. Amen? Amen. So, we read from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So whatever, whatever you're doing, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we have, I shared with you this God's will well. Okay, remember this? God's will well. Will. God's will. Will. Kaya pala. At least kasabot bang kamo. Okay. Ang hirap no, God's will will. Okay. Okay, so God, we said that God is sovereign. Right? And what is God's sovereignty? God's sovereignty is or are the works of God. 
These are the decrees of God and these are the secret will of God. Did you, do you guys remember this one? Okay, so whatever happens, the sovereign will of God will happen or it will come to pass. If God choose to stop the rain, God will stop the rain. If God choose to send rain in California, there's going to be rain in California. God's sovereign will is for each and every one of us to be restored back to him. And that is the greatest sovereign will of God. So whatever happens, God will make sure that it comes to pass. Amen? Amen? And the second one is, what's this? These are the ways of God. The ways of God are very clear, but sometimes, or most of the time, they're not easy to do. If you recall, Pastor Insong spoke about the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments is actually the ways of God. These are the moral laws of God. And these are the revealed things from God. Things that He revealed. So the Ten Commandments is part of the things that God revealed to each and every one of us. He revealed them to us for us to what? To follow. To obey. So these are the moral laws or these are God's ways. As I said earlier, God's ways are clear, but they are not necessarily easy to do. God's way says, do not commit adultery. Pastor Rechang, hirap naman. It's very simple. Keep your pants on. Right? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. It's very easy. Just look. Don't do a second look. The problem with some of people is, you know, they look, and then they look again, and they stare, and they stare, and what happened? They fall into sin. Amen? The next one is God's will. What is God's will? These are the personal things that we need from God. These are the what? When and where? God called me to be a teacher. Am I going to teach fifth grade, third grade, or fourth grade? It's called today. Lord, am I going to eat spaghetti tonight or I'm going to eat pasta tonight? Oh, they're the same. Okay? These are the specifics that we want from God. But many Christians are looking for wanted to find out what is God's will in their lives. But if we, don't, we spend our time looking for the ways of God, then we will be walking in the perfect will of God. So instead of spending our time finding God's will, let us walk in God's ways. Because when we walk in God's ways, whatever you do, you walk in God's ways then you can be the person walking in the perfect will of God. Amen? Amen? Okay, so let's move on. Some time ago, a group of us photographers went to Griffith Park. 
Okay. Lalas ko ngayon props ko. What's this? This is a telescope. Okay. So, some of us went to Griffith Park. I think Butch was there, Dr. Nene was there. Okay. And, you know, we just enjoyed the creation of God. Okay. Jojo, this is a telescope. Okay. We were looking at, gazing at the stars. Okay. You know, this guy, this little boy, he was interested in looking at God's creation. This is Griffith Park at night. Okay, you see the, the moon, and that's the dome of the Griffith Observatory. And this is the closer look at the moon. And I have here with me a telescope. What is a telescope? A telescope is, you know, an instrument or an equipment where you look at things and when you peep into that telescope, it magnifies the object that you're looking at. Now, this telescope has what you call the eyepiece. Or the eyepiece is consists of several layers of lenses. Without the lens, or without these lenses, you will not, it will not be able to magnify the object that you're looking at. Whether you're looking at the star, the moon, or you, you're looking at an ant, or whatever that you want to be magnified, without this, it will be impossible for you to see it. This morning, we will continue, as I said, the series on God's will. And I have coined the subtopic or the subtitle of my message. Lenses into God's will. Lenses into God's will. happened okay you know what we tested all the equipment this morning and they were working and you know all of a sudden it just stopped working okay so I know that the devil is trying to, to distort the service this morning. And all my notes are in here. So I might be preaching without notes. So bear with me. Okay, we will be looking at the lenses into God's will. Now, there's a favorite, I have a favorite Bible character. His name is Jacob. In the Philippines, they call him Jacob, right? Jacob. Who is Jacob? When you hear the word Jacob, what comes to your mind? Jacob is, was a supplanter. What else? 
Later on, he was named Israel. And what comes to my mind when I hear Jacob is that wrestling. Wrestling, twin children. Or he has a twin brother. I remember when my son DJ was young, he would always wrestle in the bed. And of course, the dad always wins. But now that he's taller and bigger than me, no, I still win. Okay? So Jacob had, had the wrestling match with God. And, and the, the, the verse that, or the, the chapter, or the, the Bible reference that I'm going to share with you this morning is found in Genesis chapter 28. Okay, so at about age 40, probably let's go back and let's have a background. Abraham's son, his name was Isaac, had twin children. They are Esau and Jacob. Esau was named Esau because he was hairy, and Esau means hair or hairy. And the second child was named Jacob. They named him Jacob because when they were born, Jacob was holding the heel of his brother because he wanted to be the first. Okay, even when they were in their mother's womb, they, the Bible said that they always bang each other. Probably there's, there's quarrel inside the womb. And in fact, the Bible says that there will be two nations in Rebecca's womb. Okay, and there's going to be chaos between these two brothers. That's why you see that in the Middle East, there's so much fighting between Israel, the chosen people of God, and the other Arab nations. Esau was a hunter, and his father loved him so much because they share the same craft. Isaac was a hunter. On the other hand, Jacob was a homebody, and he was the favorite of Rebekah. Okay, so whenever Rebekah would cook, Jacob is there to cook. Whenever Rebekah needs something for, for the fire, Jacob is there to, to chop the wood for her mother, for his mother. So Jacob was a favorite. You know that in a family, whenever we play favoritism, Parents, do you guys agree that there's always going to be war or there's going to be chaos? <coughs> right? That's why parents, we need to love our children no matter what, or even though they're firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn, or the youngest. We should not play favoritism. So in this case, the parents were playing favoritism between Esau and Jacob. So there's also rivalry between them. One day, Esau came from, from the hunting, and he was really famished. And he said to his brother, you know, I'm so tired and so hungry. Can you give me something to eat? And Jacob said, well, I have a bowl of soup, a bowl of porridge. I can give it to you, 
but in exchange for your birthright. Right? And you know what? We do that every day. We compromise. We compromise. We exchange temporary pleasure for the eternal things that God has prepared for us. Just like Esau. And because of that, Esau agreed. He said, okay, what is my birthright, you know, if, if, you know, if I'm going to die? What benefit shall I get from my birthright? Okay, I'll give you my birthright. Give me the lugaw. Okay, give me the porridge. And when Isaac became old, his eyes started to grow dim. Okay, in fact, he can no longer see. And he called on his son, Esau. Esau being the eldest. You know, in the olden days, in their culture, there are lots of benefits if you're the eldest child. You get the birthright, you get the inheritance, and you get to manage everything. And all the family members look up to you. Because when the parents, or once the parents died, the eldest person or the eldest child takes over in managing the family affairs. Okay, and of course they were saying, normally the eldest child is the most handsome, the most intelligent. And FYI, I'm the eldest child. Okay? So Isaac was already old. He called his son, Esau, and said, Esau, I think I'm going to die soon. So this is what you're going to do. Go hunt my favorite deer, or go hunt a deer, and cook for me my favorite caldereta. Whatever it is, caldereta, apretada, or whatever. Cook my favorite dish. And after that, I am going to release the blessing to you. You know, in the olden days, they fight over the blessing. They fight over the pronouncement of the father over their children. Okay, in, in our culture now, we don't mind our parents saying something, right? But in their days, in the olden days, they are very particular with that. Because whatever blessing, whatever word the parents or the father would release to the child, it actually spells the destiny of the person. That's why parents, don't say negative things to your children, but always release the blessing to them. Every morning when they, when they wake up or when you go to school, release the blessing. And what is the blessing? These are our daily prayers to God. Every morning when my kids were small, I would pray, Lord, I named my eldest daughter, Abby. She's going to be the source of delight. Lord, I named my second daughter, JL. She's going to be strong. She's going to be courageous. And Lord, I named my, my only begotten son, DJ, David Joshua. He's going to be salvation. He's going to be a man after your own heart. Then that is the blessing. 
Not that when they wake up, buisit ng buhay ito, itong anak ko talaga, tigas-tigas ng ulo. Right? You always release the blessing because when our kids grow up, the blessing that you say to them will happen in their lives. Amen? So, Rebecca heard what was going on inside that tent. And since Jacob is Rebecca's favorite, she called on Jacob and said, this is a secret. Okay, your dad is about to die. And your dad said that he will already release the blessing to your, to your brother. But since Jacob was her favorite, she said, okay, let's come up with a game plan. Okay, so what was the game plan? The game plan is, okay, I am going to cook your dad's favorite dish and you will go there and pretend that you are Esau. Okay? But you know, Jacob said, Mom, makinis ang kutis ko. Whereas my dad is, or, or Esau is, hairy. My dad will discover and patay. The mom said, never mind. We'll do something about it. So Rebecca place uh, animal skin on the hands, on the arms of Jacob and, and on his neck so that he will smell like Esau. And when his dad feels him, his dad will be convinced that it was indeed Esau. So the day came, Jacob went to Isaac. And when he went to Isaac, he offered the food and said, Father, here I am. And Esau was asking, or Isaac was asking, are you Esau, my eldest son? Why is it that your voice sounds like Esau? Or Jacob, I'm sorry. And then Jacob said, no dad, this is your eldest son, Esau. So what happened was Isaac asked Esau to come near to him so that he can feel him. So when he felt that he was hairy, Isaac was convinced that it was indeed Esau. Isaac ate the meal that Rebekah prepared for Isaac and he pronounced the blessing. The blessing is found in Genesis 27-25. It says, May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. That was the pronouncement of the blessing. And after the blessing was released, what happened? Esau came with his own version of his dad's favorite dish. And Esau went to his father, Isaac. Isaac, here I am. Or, Dad, here I am. You may now release the blessing to me. And Isaac said, Son, I have already released the blessing. He was crying. He was sobbing. 
And that started the greatest conflict ever. And when that happened, Esau said, I am going to kill my brother. Because the blessing, because that blessing supposed to be for Esau was given to Jacob. But because of that, the parents, Isaac and Rebekah, came up with the plan to avert the conflict between the two brothers. And in Genesis chapter 28, verse 1, this is where we will start the discussion this morning. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Then he commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Don't you think this is very racist? Don't you think this is very racist? What happens if I say Nate or, or the parents of, of, of Nate would say, Paul, do not marry an American woman. Only look for a Filipino girl. Isn't that racist? You know what? This is not actually racist, but this is religious. Because the parents know that as soon as Jacob would marry a Canaanite woman, Jacob would start, will start to worship other gods. Because the people in Canaan at the time, they worship other gods. And if you go back to what Pastor Isom was saying, God is a jealous God. There should be no other gods before him except him alone. So this is not actually a racist statement, but more of a religious statement given by Isaac to his son Jacob. Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padan Aram to the house of your mother, mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. The first lens that I'd like to share with you this morning is the lens on the influence of others. The influence of others. Now, we may ask, God has a plan for Jacob. Why is it that God did not even make a command or an instruction to Jacob? I submit to you, God commanded Jacob to leave his parents and go to a foreign land through his father. Through his father. There was no direct command from God for Jacob to move out and go to, to the roots of, of his mother. But the instruction came from the father. But I believe with all my heart that, you know, God is orchestrating things. And God was telling Jacob what to do. And the instruction came through the father. And it's sad to say, you know, that many of us neglect the influence of other people in our lives. I'd like to share this statement. Do not underestimate the way God can use right people to lead you to the right place. Now, I'm talking to the young people. I'm talking to the students. Sometimes God will instruct us to do something through the people we don't want to get advice from and our parents. 
And most of the time, we neglect the advice we're getting from our parents. My parents are old-fashioned. Right? Right, parents? At least the parents will say amen. <laughs> now for the adults. For us who are, who are 23 and above. Okay? We get advice from where? Elders? From pastors? You know the best advice that you can get? Go to your D group leader. You know, there are, a right, there are a lot of people God has sent in your way that love you, that know you, who will, whom God will use to give you good advice. Sometimes, sir, you need to listen to your wife. You see? Because God is talking to you through your wife. And wives, submit to your husband. And then, wala sa ano. All I'm saying, but you know, God sends people to influence us. He will say, I don't have parents anymore. It can be your aunt. It can be your teacher. It can be your parents, your ninong or your ninang. God is going to send somebody to speak to you. Amen? Amen. And of course, don't underestimate how the enemy can use wrong voices to lead you to the wrong places. That's why it is very important that we need to be careful with who we hang out with. If you hang out with wrong people, you get wrong voices. If you hang out with your barcadas who have not even opened the Bible or know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior, what advice can they give you? Right? How many people whose marriages have been sabotaged because of instead of listening to their group leader, they listened to what Oprah was saying? How many ladies are confused with their sexuality because they hang out with the wrong people? Hello? How many of us sa utang? Because we hang out with the wrong people. We hang out at the mall. That's good. Because instead of hanging out in your D-group meeting, you hang out at Macy's. So definitely, with your credit card, wow. Okay? Are you still with me? Second one is life's situation. 
Verse 3. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of people. You know, Isaac was talking of expansion. Isaac was talking of blessings. But reality is, there's a death threat on the life of Jacob. There's a death threat on the life of Jacob. How many of us are hanging on the word of God that God is going to heal us of our sickness and yet the doctor said you had six months to live? How many of us hanging on the promises of God that you will be blessed wherever you go and yet you are down to your last $20 bill? How many of us? How many of us are going through certain situations in life that is even contrary to the promises of God? This is what's happening to Jacob. He just got the blessing from the father, from father Isaac. And here he is. He had a death threat from his brother. And sometimes God will lead us into something God will allow us to go through certain situations in life because God wanted to push us out from our comfort zone. You know, in your situation, whether it is bad or good, God is leading you to a place where he wants you to fulfill the promises he has for you. Amen. Amen. Some of us, why are you here in America? Is it just for the American dream? Yeah. We were pushed out of our comfort zones in the Philippines. Sometimes I would even think, I just can't imagine, why am I here? I had a good life in the Philippines, but you know, God pushed me in the US. I have a very nice career. And now I am here in the U.S. waking up 2 o'clock in the morning going to work. God is pushing us. God is leading us into his plan. Through life's situation. There was this lady. She testified in church. She said, you know, I was on my last $20 bill and I gave it to God gave me to the offering. And I don't even know if I still have money to buy for my lunch. So when the lady went home, she was just joyful. She was just rejoicing. And she, had, uh, she has a neighbor who is an atheist. And you know, when the neighbor saw that the lady was you know, already home, he brought her a grocery and placed it in front of the porch. So when the lady opened the door, she saw that there was, you know, a bag full of groceries. And the lady was happy. She was jumping. She was dancing. She said, God did it. God did it. And then the atheist came out. No, it's not God who did that. No, she said, no, God did it. God did it. And then the neighbor got the receipt. You see, I have the receipt. I was the one who bought that. And she said, God did it. And he made the devil pay for it. <laughs> you know, Whatever situation we are in right now, look at it on the perspective that God is in control of 
everything. I was sharing with my D group last Friday. We were Friday and we were handing out the routes for the driver. And I have a driver who professed to be a Christian and in fact he's a leader in his church. And he started to complain. I have a difficult route, blah so on and so forth. And he just doesn't want to do it. And you know, I told him, and then he was saying that, you know, it's unfair. I called him on the side and I told him, you know what, everything is unfair, but you know God is good. And I told him, you better do it or I will suspend you today. So in short, he went out, made his delivery. Middle of the day, he called me. He said, I've been waiting in this outlet for more than two hours. And I said, why, what's the problem? Oh, the receiver is busy. I told him, why don't you go back, introduce yourself, and tell him that, you know, you can come back later, make friends with the receiver. So lo and behold, he followed my instructions. So he went there, introduced himself, and the receiver said, oh, give me 10 minutes. I'll take care of you. And then he called me back. He was a bit happy. And I told him, you see, you enjoyed God's favor today. If you didn't go through that difficulty, you will not experience God's favor. And sometimes, you know what? We just have to look through the lens that God is faithful to us every day. Because in our circumstances, in our situation, difficulties, you're tired. I don't know what you're going through right now. You know what? God has allowed it because God is leading you to a place of blessing. God is leading you to a place where he can bless you. And if we refuse to do that, I'm sorry, we will miss the blessing from the Lord. And you know what? Blessing is not only money, by the way. Because most of us would always equate blessing as money. Good health is a blessing from God. Amen? Amen. The food that you have on the table, don't you think that that's a blessing from God? The money that you can pay to load the gas, don't you think it's a blessing from God? Good relationship with your spouses, with your children, don't you think it's a blessing from God? Amen. The air that we breathe, don't you think it's a blessing from God? If I were God and you always reclaim, reclamo na reclamo, what I will do is I will shut off the air for about 30 seconds. Tingnan natin. Right? Everything that you see around us, their blessings from the Lord. In, in Thessalonians, it says, in everything what? Give thanks, for it is the will of God. And what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it around and make it good to your advantage. Amen? Amen. The enemy is always there. He wanted to derail you. The enemy has come to kill and to destroy. 
But God said, I have given you a life that is abundant. The enemy has come to derail you of God's plan for your life. But God, Jesus, is giving, up, giving us that hope. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Amen? Amen? May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner. The land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way and he went to Padan Aram. To Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. In your situation, God is leading you to your purpose. What is your purpose? I've seen God's purpose in my life, why he sent me here in the U.S. Because probably when I'm in the Philippines, I, am, I should be enjoying my life in the corporate world. I was already the VP in logistics for, for San Miguel. And God all of a sudden pulled me out, brought me here. And now I'm starting from the bottom. But God led me away from the pleasures that will turn me away from God. Because God has a purpose for my life here. And one of the very things that I see why God brought me here is because I have a lot of relatives here who have not known the Lord Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And you know what makes it clearer? God allowed me to live in a place where we are five miles away from each other. Don't you think it is God who is orchestrating that? Don't you think it is God who is allowing us, leading me to that path, to that direction? I don't know with you. But I know the purpose why God led me here. Look at your life. Look at your situation. Discover the purpose that God has in store for you here. And I'm sure God is leading you to a D group, to a small group, and yet you still don't want to go. You still don't want to attend. No matter how often we announce, plug in to a small group. Why are we advocating that? Because we grow, we are influenced, and we hear from God through our small group. Who wants to know God's will in their lives? Raise your hands. Oh. Who wants to join a small group? Big lang nawala. Okay. So Jacob left Beersheba and set out to Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had the dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top 
reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Then above it stood the Lord and said, There's a lady who knows all that glitters is gold. And she's buying a stairway. No, balik tayo. Said, I am the Lord, the God of your fathers. The God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land of which you are lying. You know what? Jacob had a dream. And in the dream, he saw a stairway from earth to heaven. We do not have a stairway today, but we had the Holy Spirit who went down from heaven to earth. Jesus said, I will go, but I will send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading us. Let's continue. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. Isn't it refreshing that God has promised that he will always go with us wherever we go? Whether you go to Asia, you go to Europe, you go to America, God will always be with us. Amen? We have learned that, you know, we have a what? Jehovah Shema, my favorite. Kashama Shema natin lagi si Lord. I am with you and will watch over you. I like this one. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. This word is for all of us. It's a promise to you and to me. God said, I will not leave you until my plans for you until my plans for you are done. And this brings me to the third one, the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always lead us. Jesus said, I am going to send the Holy Spirit who will guide you, what? In all truths. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is there to lead us, to guide us, to help us out? Aren't you glad? So the first one is what? The influence of others. The second one is life's situation. Third one is the leading of the Holy Spirit. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. 
How many of us are not aware that God is leading us into something? Or probably we just cannot accept it that God is leading us because we feel that we're so filthy. We feel that we're not worth it. We feel that we have done a lot of wrong, that we don't deserve to be led by the Lord. I have good news for you. Whatever you have done in the past, even though how dirty they are, God can still lead you if you look back to Jesus. If you look back to Him, God will still lead you. You messed up your life like Jacob? That's why he said, I am not aware of it. I am not aware of it. But God is leading him. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. If we allow ourselves to be led, to be influenced by others, allow ourselves to follow the, the route that God has led us because of our situation, then we can say, how awesome are your plans and your ways, O God. Jacob said, how awesome is this place? How awesome. Can we say our situation right now, Lord, how awesome it is. How awesome, Lord, to experience your plans and your blessings in my life. How awesome it is. Jacob said, how awesome. And early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he placed under his head and set it up under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz, Sinanay Luz, Luzi. <laughs> then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. Of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Because Jacob realize that God is leading him to the plan and the purpose that God has promised his father, Abraham, Isaac. And Jacob said, how awesome is this? And what he did, he got the stone that he used as a pillow, placed it there, gathered more stones and built a pillar and called it Bethel, meaning the house of God, because God was in this place. And Jacob was saying, 
Lord, if you will do this to me, from now on and henceforth, I will anchor my life on you, my God. What he did was he got the stone. He placed it there. God, I will anchor my life on this. I will anchor my life on you. In John 1.1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God. God in the Word. If we start to anchor our lives on the Word of God, God is going to establish us. And if we look at the Bible in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, you can see there that if we anchor ourselves on the solid rock, which is the word of God, whatever storms would come, you will still be okay. Being in the will of God does not mean you will not experience odd situations in your life. Because in Matthew 7, 24, says that if you build your house on the rock and when the storms come, whatever storms in life would come, you will still be okay. Why? Because you have placed your foundation on the solid rock. But if you build your house on sinking sand, when the storms come, what happened? Your house will naturally be destroyed. Building your life on the solid rock, the Bible says, is when you apply the word of God in your life. No matter what preaching you get, no matter what learnings you get from the Bible, if you do not apply it, you are just like a man who built his house on sinking sand. Build your life on the word. Because whatever happens, you are still standing because of the sure foundation. Influence of others, it may fail because people might go wrong. Life situation, you might not even follow it. Leading of the Holy Spirit, sometimes you will say it's not the Holy Spirit, but it is my, my doing or it is my will. But if you look at all of these lenses, through the lens on the word of God. And, you will, and when you elevate, you prioritize the word of God in your life, you will never go wrong. The word of God, number one, the influence of others, life's situation, and leading of the Holy Spirit, how do you read it downwards? Do you want to be in the center of God's will? Seek Him through the Word of God. Do not underestimate the people that God is sending us to lead us to the right path or to give us the right counsel. Life situation, whatever situation you are in right now, God is leading you to His promise. 
and lastly leading of the holy spirit you learn something this morning so you know learning the will of god in our lives is very liberating because at first i was just thinking you know that lord please show me your will but you know the moment we live in christ likeness we live in the ways of god then you can be in the center of god's will let's pray lord thank you for your word this morning lord i know lord god many of us are going through certain things in life but lord god allow us to discover your will in our lives allow us lord to to find the meaning the purpose why you have brought us here why you have allowed certain things to happen in our lives allow us lord god to see through the lens of the word of god so that we will always be guided in the direction that you want us to go just like jacob lord god lord he realized lord god the blessing that you have given him or that you have promised him even though he was a supplanter even though he was a deceiver because lord your grace abounds lord god and does not does not consider lord god our past but thank you lord god and i lift up to you each and every one who are here this morning i pray dear father god that you will lead us lead us through your holy spirit lead us lord god through your word give us help us lord god to trust you for you said in your words that if we trust in the lord lord god our steps will always be guided thank you father god and lord we commit we recommit our lives to you for those who have not known you as their personal lord and savior i pray father god that you will open that opportunity you will open that that door for them to experience your love in their lives some of us may have heard your word several times but lord we have not really asked you to come into our lives father i pray lord god that you will speak to that person and that person lord god will have that genuine experience with you thank you father we commit everything into your hands lord god and lord this week is going to be a week of abundance for each and every one of us this week is going to be a week we were where we will experience your goodness where we will experience your grace and your love to our lives in our lives and more so lord where we are we can share this grace and this love to other people we thank you father we worship you lord god and we adore you in jesus name we pray amen